Hey, Moving Forward listeners, believe it or not, the holidays are right around the corner. So get the ball rolling and get your ducks in a row. The Corporate Clichés Coloring Book makes the perfect white elephant office party gift or surprise stocking stuffer for your favorite work-from-home colleague. It's available now on Amazon. You can also find quick links at bemovingforward.com and in the show notes for this episode. Let's celebrate the holidays with some low-hanging fruit and a bubbling glass of synergy. Hey, welcome. John Lim here. This is episode 200. I cannot believe I've made it to this point. When I started moving forward, I didn't know if I would last 10 episodes. And here we are celebrating episode 200. Actually, technically, it's been more than 200 episodes, but this is number 200. And first of all, I want to thank all of you listeners who've been following the show, who have supported me over the years. Uh, I really appreciate all of the positive comments and feedback that you've given me and all of the guests who've been so supportive of the show. So I've been thinking about what to do for episode 200 for quite a while. And uh, if you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. This is uh, actually a milestone to, to be jumping in. And I thought about doing a couple things. First, I thought about doing a um, episode similar to episode 100, where I bring back former guests to update us on where they are. And then I thought about maybe doing a, uh, a closer and for a while, and I've been thinking about this ever since actually episode 150, which kicked off the year, and I can't believe we're already at the tail end of 2018, I'd actually been thinking about wrapping up the series at episode 200. And that thought continued when I interviewed Tim Fulton earlier in the year, and we, we had a great conversation on exit strategies. And I hadn't really crystallized the idea of having an exit strategy for the podcast. And then a couple months ago, I actually wrote an article uh, on LinkedIn about starting your podcast with an exit strategy. Because when I launched Moving Forward, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about what the exit strategy would look like. And then as I was progressing, I thought about more and more, maybe this is the time to transition into something new. Uh, This year has been a fantastic year. 2019, I'm looking forward to so many different projects. And so I thought about it. Maybe it's time to wrap up the show, close out on episode 200. Uh, I thought about doing a retrospective. I thought about doing the bring back 20 guests and update us. And I thought about just doing a standard interview. But then uh, I got into conversations with several people, uh, friends, uh, business colleagues, a couple of uh, guests that I've had on the show. And the they all encouraged me to continue doing uh, more episodes of Moving Forward. And I thought about it and I I realized, you know what, maybe that's my exit strategy is that I'm going to change up the format of the show. But before I get to that, I'd like to share a little story. This will be a little bit of a retrospective. Uh, For those of you, especially if you're new, uh, for those of you who've been following the podcast, uh, you know a little bit of this story, but I wanna share with you why I started Moving Forward in the first place. And, and what got me to this point here. So it was around 2015, and I was at my um, ex-girlfriend's apartment's gym, and that's quite a mouthful. I mean, how many times are you going to hear a setting like that? And my go-to back then, back then I was on the iPhone 4S, had not yet upgraded to the 6, and uh, 
my go-to at the time was NPR. Listen to NPR all the time in the car uh, and uh, had the app on the phone. And that was what I consumed quite a bit. In fact, I, I used to listen to Jack Spear uh, and I remember his distinct voice on the app. And then I would listen to some of the weekend shows. I love the weekend shows. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me on Saturday mornings, car talk. Uh, Sunday evenings were great too because they would play old time radio serials. So dramas and I always felt like that the weekend even though there was a lot of news content that NPR had a distinct way of signifying the weekend there was more uh, engaging content that that was more on the entertainment side whereas during the week it was a lot of news it was a lot of business and so that was that was my go-to and particularly for the gym I, I do listen to music but I always found that if I'm doing something like uh, cardio on the treadmill or on the elliptical, that listening to engaging conversations does more for me in terms of passing time than listening to music. So at that particular day, I think it was a Sunday morning, I couldn't get a signal on the app. And I, rather than just start my workout, I probably could have finished by the time I uh, found something to listen to. But I, I spent maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes trying to find something and I stumbled onto that icon that familiar icon now but it's that uh, stick figure with the halo around it and uh, I opened it up it was the podcast app and uh, I'd never used it before and in fact I barely knew what a podcast was I had an inkling I'd heard the word before I kind of had an idea that it was a, a form of radio show but I didn't really know anything beyond that so I opened it up, I started exploring the different offerings, and first thing I saw was that all of these shows that were on there uh, covered a wide range of topics, and they were free. You could listen to them for free, so that was pretty cool, and I started listening to a couple of uh, podcasts on business, and this was around the time that I had recently left my job, and I had finished business school, and I was starting on uh, my entrepreneurial path, and I started listening to a lot of interview podcasts with business leaders and entrepreneurs and thought leaders, and I really got sucked in. I also started exploring some entertainment podcasts. I wanted to see if there was anything on movies or shows or things like that. There weren't, to my recollection, as many at the time. Now, keep in mind, 2015, podcasts had not really exploded yet. I mean, they were on the rise and there were quite a few shows out there, but it wasn't like it is today. So I, I fell into this rabbit hole of listening to a couple of shows. I subscribed to a few and just caught them every day. And pretty soon I was listening to these podcasts even more than I was the uh, NPR app. And then uh, somewhere along the way, I think it was about a month or two in, I thought to myself, this might be a cool thing to do. This might be a cool thing to launch. And uh, I listened to a couple of podcasters talk about how they got started. And I thought, you know what? This might be a really interesting project. So I thought about what kind of show I wanted to do. And at the time, you know, podcasts were a lot more general. Today, if you launch a podcast, the key to success is is niching it, just picking a specific topic and being as granular as possible. So stick to one topic. But at the time, at, in 2015, 
there were a lot of podcasts that covered a wide range of topics, and the ones that I was listening to were pretty broad. So I thought, you know what, it might be fun to do an interview-based podcast, and uh, this would be a way for me to tap into all the different skills that I had built up over the years, uh, including some of my acting skills, uh, public speaking, stuff that I had done in all of my different careers is I thought this would be a cool way to tap into all of them. And I had met so many interesting people in so many different industries from my time as a lawyer, from my time uh, working as an actor, and then uh, being in the corporate world. I just thought this would be a really cool experience. So at the time, I was I was part of a consulting startup uh, with two other people from the same company I used to work for. And one of my partners, I mentioned to her, I was thinking about launching a podcast, and her response was, well, what's a podcast? So I explained it to her, and she thought it was interesting, and she was getting more into the coaching and personal development side of things. So I, I came up with this idea, why don't we do an interview-based podcast where I focus on the business and entrepreneurial side, and you focus on the personal development side. And the idea was that we would alternate weeks. And so that was the idea at the time. It sounded like a good idea in retrospect and mixed results. You know, uh, I, part of it was that I, I wasn't sure I could pull this off on my own. So I thought it might be better to work with someone to, you know, take half of the interview load and also to mix up the topics. And I wasn't sure at the time which side would resonate. But, um, you know, so we, we decided to go with it. She thought it was a cool idea and, and a good opportunity for her to uh, market herself. So we started looking into getting guests. In the meantime, I was studying the technical aspects of launching a podcast. Now, in 2015, launching a podcast was not easy. And I, I was attending webinars, uh, reading blogs, uh, you know, watching YouTube videos. I had about 50 different tabs opened, trying to learn how to launch a podcast. And I finally got a handle on it, at least to the best of my ability. And fortunately, I had had some experience with video editing. So uh, editing audio was not that much of a stretch. I think one of the big hurdles was figuring out how to record interviews. Now, that at the time was was pretty difficult. Today, it's very, very easy to do. You have things like Skype, you have Zoom. It's all one touch button, uh, one press button to record things. Back then, it was a little bit harder. And at the time, Skype did not have a native recording option. So Skype was really the big go-to. I think it's changed now. You have different options like FaceTime, Zoom. Uh, but back then, it was really Skype. And Skype didn't have a native recording option. So uh, I had to research different ways of recording Skype interviews, and I found a, a plugin called Ecamm that you know was a one-time license fee. It wasn't terribly expensive, and it worked really well. But then I had to figure out, okay, how do I edit these episodes? And at the time, I was obsessed with editing because this was a formal business show. So I was really getting into the weeds on how to really edit conversations so they sounded really polished. And uh, that's where I really got to learn GarageBand and uh, how to trim parts of episodes, how to split the sides of the conversation, all of that stuff. And that's one of the topics that I'll probably cover next year in the mini series, which 
I'll talk about that a little bit later as well, but uh, I'll, I'll cover in a future series of episodes how to launch a podcast because it's a question I get asked a lot. But anyway, long story short, I figured out all the technical, figured out how to uh, get interviews or record interviews rather, practiced with my uh, co-host at the time. We actually interviewed each other and did some practice runs. And then um, we actually uh, launched the show by interviewing each other. I thought that would be a cool idea. And um, and uh, basically, I was flying by the seat of my pants. In terms of the technical, I didn't know if I was doing this right. Set up my hosting account, uh, uploaded the first couple of episodes. And uh, I will tell you, I was extremely nervous hitting that publish button. It's, it's funny to look back on that because... You know, 200 episodes in, I don't think about it anymore. But back then, the first episode, just putting myself out there like that uh, across, you know, these audio channels, not knowing what to expect, it was pretty nerve-wracking. But uh, I did it, and the episodes came out, and it was really cool to see the podcast get approved on, um, you know, Apple Podcasts, and then to come out on on platforms like Stitcher Radio and things like that, and that was also a learning curve, learning how to syndicate the podcast from your host provider. Again, very technical back then. There were a lot of moving parts. But uh, then I, I, one of the things I did was I started contacting really interesting people that I had from, uh, from my background, including you know, a couple of professors from business school, uh, people I had worked with um, back when I was an actor, and uh, people that I knew from my legal profession days. So I really was tapping into my my contacts to get those uh, early guests, and that was that's one of the recommendations I have if you launch an interview podcast. Start out with people that you know, because chances are you have really great people in your network. And um, you know, stumbled out of the gate. You know, some of those early episodes are a little bit raw; they're not always the best audio quality. And one of the tricky things was also managing uh, a co-hosted podcast because I had to teach my co-host how to do the technical aspects. And um, that was a bit of a learning curve for her. And then, uh, you know, figuring out a way to coordinate so that, uh, you know, I could get the episodes and the recordings because I basically was the producer because I had more of the technical expertise on how to, you know, upload episodes to the host service provider. But again, keep in mind, I was just keeping half a step ahead, and I wasn't sure I was going to last 12 episodes. Honestly, I, I wasn't sure that this would last beyond, you know, 10, 12 episodes. And at some point, when I got beyond 10, 12 episodes, I started realizing, you know what, I'm running out of people to to interview and record. And that's when I really got out of my comfort zone and started uh, reaching out to people. And And one of the first guests that uh, I reached out to was Jen Grisanti. And she was, I believe it was episode 16. She was my first big ask. And I was so nervous reaching out to her. I had uh, been connected to her through Friends of Friends. And she used to be uh, uh, a network executive and really a, a, a big wig in Hollywood. She's now a very successful uh, script writing and screenwriting coach. Phenomenal person. Just amazing individual worked under the legendary showrunner Aaron Spelling and so I reached out to her I think I reached out to her on Facebook Messenger of all places and I was fully expecting a no but instead I got a very gracious yes and I was both excited and extremely nervous to interview her 
And I just remember at the time, uh, we had just got onto Twitter. And at the time, that our Twitter account was branded for the consulting business. And I, I think we'd been on for about maybe a month or two, and we'd built up about 1,000 followers, which I thought, you know, wow, 1,000 followers. And, and one of the pitch points I made was that we have 1,000 followers, and we'll, we'll share this out on Twitter to our 1,000 followers. And she was, you know, I think she was being very generous and very gracious because she said, no, that, I, would, I would be honored. That would be great. And then when I started following her on Twitter, because I hadn't followed her on Twitter yet, I saw she had over, what, 15, 16,000 followers. So that was one of those moments where I was kind of putting my foot in my mouth with, with a little bit of embarrassment, because here I am telling her that I'm going to share out our uh, our interview to 1,000 followers on Twitter, where she's got a far bigger platform. But she was so nice. She was so generous. And on the interview itself, I mean... Go back if you want and listen to that uh, conversation because I was really nervous, but she was so kind, so gracious. It's one of the fondest memories I have. And in fact, we kept in touch afterwards. She promoted the interview and probably did far more than I did in terms of marketing it. She, she sent it out to her mail list. She posted it on social media. And actually, I think I got connected to a few more guests through Jen and her community but uh, we kept in touch. She came, actually, I, I remember she was visiting uh, the D.C. area. We had lunch. Just sweet as can be. Just one of the nicest people I've ever met. And if you listen to episode 100, she was one of the guests that I invited to uh, to be part of that celebration. So it was really great. And to this day, we still keep in touch. And she's just doing amazing things. So that was an honor to to have her on the show. And I think that was at the point where I, did, I realized, you know what, I can do this and I'm going to continue doing this. I didn't have in mind at the time uh, how long I was going to do this for, or I didn't really understand what an exit strategy was, much less for a podcast. I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm happy that this is working. I'm happy that I figured out how to publish an episode and have it streamed to you know iTunes and the podcast uh, channels and all of that. In terms of the co-hosting thing, it worked okay in the beginning, but definitely uh, one of the big learnings was that, you know, working with someone on something like that doesn't necessarily lessen the work. We also didn't really gel in terms of the style of the episodes. And and I think it was harder for my co-host to, to get guests who would really open up because she was tackling more of the personal side. And I think sometimes that can be a little bit challenging. And I, I think there were times where it sounded like two different shows because we would alternate weeks. And, and I, you know what? I, I think it was towards the end of that first season where I was thinking, you know what, maybe we need to retool this or rethink this. Uh, but we continued on into season two. And then when I knew that this thing had legs was when we were, we were past that, 20 episode hump and then we got through the end of the year and then to episode 50 episode 50 was a big milestone in which um, a lot of podcasts don't make it to 50 and I decided it would be really cool to do something special and at the time in fact in some ways 50 was an even bigger celebration than 100 and and much more of a, a big deal 
that I made out of that than I am with 200. But with 50, I came up with the idea of doing five episodes. So a guest a day, as opposed to just one episode a week, which was the normal release schedule, one episode a day. And um, I really wanted to get some heavy hitters. Um, and so my co-host and I, we, we came up with some, some really big name guests that uh, we wanted to approach to be on uh, the episode 50 celebration. And uh, so that was cool. That was a cool experiment. But then, you know, at, at that point, I was also realizing that it probably long term things were not working out in terms of having it as a co-hosted podcast. And I also felt like we were going in two different directions. One of the things that I, I noticed was that it felt like we had two different shows when you would listen one week and then the next week, it just felt like two different shows that were mashed together that weren't quite gelling. And, and I also heard that feedback from some listeners as well, some friends. Um, so there was a little bit of brand confusion there. So then um, I had the hard conversation with my co-host. I said, look, I don't think this is working. I think we should part ways. And at the time, we we had also dissolved the consulting startup. I mean, that that's a whole other story altogether. But you know, just the trials and tribulations of of uh, starting something new, and I've learned so many lessons from that. And uh, but long story short, I, I basically said to my co-host, "This isn't working out. We should probably part ways." And so we did. And um, I encouraged her to launch her own podcast because I th- I thought she had a very interesting angle, and I thought she would find more success with it if she did it on her own. And that's something that I've learned is that working with someone else on a project, a creative endeavor, doesn't always lessen the amount of work that you have. Sometimes it will actually create more work and more obstacles. Also, I came to terms with the fact that I really wanted moving forward to to be a particular type of show. And so as of uh, season three, episode 68, I retooled the show with a particular emphasis on interviewing inspiring individuals, business leaders, thought leaders, artists, and uh, uh, it was very freeing to do that. It felt very liberating, and I felt like I was really coming into my own as a podcaster. That's when I rebranded the show, and then I took over as as the uh, sole host as well as you know continuing on as producer. And uh, it was great. 68 through 199 was all interviews. And I kept up a very frenetic pace of once a week, uh, every week. And and it got to the point where I no longer had to find guests. I actually had people pitching to be on the show. I'd made some uh, contacts and inroads and attracted the attention of uh, podcast referral services. Now, keep in mind, we're out of 2015 into 1617 and uh, 18. That's when podcasts really start to explode. So I got into podcasting just as the wave was starting to build. And um, more and more people were launching podcasts, but more and more people were trying to get on podcasts. I think there was a time in which people started to figure out that podcasting was a very accessible low-cost way to market your business, your service, what have you. And I started getting pitches from people, direct pitches from guests, but also pitches from people who, from um, uh, organizations and businesses that actually were in the business of referring guests 
two podcasts. And that was really interesting. In fact, there were a couple that um, uh, Interview Valet was one of them. And I actually interviewed the founder of Interview Valet. And I had a number of their associates reaching out to me on a regular basis. In fact, it got to the point where I had so many guests that I just had at some point had to say, look, I can't take any more right now because I'm already backed up two to three months. And it was, it was that was a time in which, again, I was doing uh, one episode a week. I probably had enough guests that I could have expanded the show to a daily show, but that would have just eaten too much of my bandwidth. And keep in mind, the podcast uh, was just one of the things that I was working on. And, it, you know, it wasn't something that was really, it didn't become a revenue generating enterprise such that I could just do this full time. It was a great way for me to put myself out there and I, I made a lot of connections and the biggest value I had out of it were was twofold. Number one, the relationships I developed with amazing people. And number two, the uh, inroads and opportunities uh, that came out of it. So I got speaking engagements out of it, including at um, one at NYU Law, which was amazing. And that was solely through the podcast. And late last year, I got invited to be a speaker at a TEDx event for Johns Hopkins, which I gave earlier this year in April, in which I shared my journey which included this podcast and why I launched it. And here's where things come full circle. One of the speakers at that TEDx event was Jack Spear from NPR. And so things came full circle. I I had started the podcast because I couldn't get onto NPR and I couldn't listen to Jack Spear on that particular Sunday morning. And again, I'm being a little bit symbolic there because I don't know if Jack Spear was on at that particular hour. But... I couldn't get onto NPR. That's how I discovered podcasts. From there, I got inspired to launch a podcast where I interviewed people. I interviewed people that I knew. From there, I branched out to people I didn't know. And next thing I know, I'm sharing the stage with Jack Spear. And we connected afterwards. uh, And uh, I ended up interviewing him on the podcast, uh, which was amazing. So the opportunities, the gifts that came from doing this podcast were innumerable. Uh, and it's, it's something that I've been very grateful for. And so as I am reflecting back on episode 200, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, I was thinking about, well, is it time to hang up my microphone? Is it time to, you know, stop while I'm ahead? But as I mentioned, I, I think I got the encouragement from a lot of people, including people that I've connected with, recently who have encouraged me to continue with the podcast. And so that's what I'm going to be doing uh, going forward. So that brings me to what is next? How How is moving forward going to work uh, as of next season? And today's episode is a little bit of a sneak preview because I'm not interviewing any guests. It's just me sharing my thoughts with you. And so starting next season, I'm going to be retooling the podcast and the way it's going to work is I'm going to be focusing on shorter episodes. And part of the reason is twofold. Number one, I've got a lot of projects that I'm working on, uh, busier than ever. And that was one of the considerations on whether or not I should hang up uh, the podcasting mic and end at 200. Number two, one of the pieces of feedback I've gotten from some of the more regular listeners is that I love the show. I hear a a variation on this comment. I, I love the show, but I usually only have 10 minutes 
uh, were 10 minute bites in which to listen to the episode. So someone will tell me they listen to it on their walk or they listen to it on their subway ride, but those interludes would be 10 minutes. And so they'd have to break up their listening of the episodes in 10 minute chunks um, or they, they would, life would get in the way and they wouldn't be able to finish a full episode. So next season, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try a shorter format. I'm also going to step away from interviewing a lot of guests, keeping up with interviewing guests, editing those episodes, all of that. It's a lot of time that just looking at my schedule realistically, I just don't have the time for. And I'm very grateful that I have no shortage of guests who want to be on the podcast, but I have to prioritize other things. So if I want to continue doing Moving Forward, I need to retool it. So I'm going to turn it into a solo podcast. I may have guests come on every now and then. Uh, They're going to be 10-minute episodes, and each episode is going to be three parts. In part one, I'm going to be doing some reflection, sharing things that are, are happening in my life, so it's going to be a little more introspective. In part two... I'm going to be experimenting with serialized episodes where what I call mini-series. I'm going to be covering different topics. And one of the topics I'm going to be starting with is starting a business online. And I will share more about that next season. And I'm going to do a series, topical series, where each week I share a little bit more building off of the prior episode. And I think I'm going to cover maybe uh, two or three big topics next year. So that's the plan right now. And then in part three, I'm going to share a book review. And one of the things that has become important to me is really um, reading as much as possible. And I'll talk about this more maybe next season. But, uh, you know, keeping up with uh, a book a week. And um, so I'll be sharing a book review to keep myself accountable to all of you. So that's what moving forward is going to look like next year. We'll see how it goes. And I I am back to where I started. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling excited. But I think this is going to be a good change. And I think this will rejuvenate me and get me excited again, uh, or re-energize me in continuing this podcast, because I want to continue this and see where it goes. Anyway, I really appreciate all of the listeners, all of the feedback, everyone who has continued, who started with me on this journey, joined along the way, and are continuing with me. And I hope you will continue to listen in each week. And I hope the information I provide will be helpful and valuable to you. Because as the title says, it's all about moving forward. All right, you can find the write-up for this episode at bemovingforward.com, along with all of the past episodes. And I'll continue uh, putting write-ups and summaries for the uh, future episodes. But I want to thank you very much for joining me for this milestone episode. It's a little bit more intimate, uh, but uh, it also fits with where the show is going to go next year. But uh, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. We have a little bit of December left, but since next Tuesday is the Christmas holiday, I'm going to be releasing episode 201 on Saturday, December 22nd. It's going to be the holiday episode. It's going to be the end of the season. I've got something exciting planned. You're not going to want to miss this. I'm going to be bringing back a really, really awesome guest, and we're going to be uh, celebrating the holidays. After that, I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks off for the holidays, and then I'll be back the first Thursday. 
That's right, Thursday, we're moving the podcast from Tuesday to Thursday in January to kick off season six. So I hope you enjoyed the holiday episode and I hope everyone has a great holiday season. I hope you're spending it with uh, family and loved ones and uh, hope everyone is well and I'll be speaking with you soon. Thank you all to the listeners for joining me today to celebrate 200 episodes of Moving Forward. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.